You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics, in all honesty. I'm your host, Maurice Young. Thank you so much, Jessica, for being a guest on Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Okay, so to start, who is Jessica? Yeah. Wow. I just love this question to start, right? Like dive mm-hmm. right in here. <laughs> Let's go. Well, I think first of all, that's a brilliant question to ask someone and it's probably changing uh, as we move mm-hmm. through different stages of our of our life. And so I'm grateful to reflect on this uh, where I am now. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I was thinking about it a little bit uh, before because you had, you had sent some ideas over and I was thinking, yes, okay. The first thing I want to say is, well, I'm a mom, I have three kids and, you know, I'm a partner and, and these are, these are all very important aspects of who I am. I am a daughter, I'm a mother, I'm a friend, I'm a lover, I'm a businesswoman. Um, but there is this sort of unchanging part of me, right, that I like to, mm-hmm. uh, to think about, that, that soul, that part of me that is curious about life and is at the same time uh, called to support and help others and in turn um, get the gift of healing for myself. So. I mean, that's Mm. Jessica right now, and it's Jessica with a K, which kind of (laughs) is always the thing that sets me apart, makes me a little bit different. (laughs) I love that. And I thank you for also articulating the fact that who we describe ourselves as can be fluid. You know, it can change over time. We don't have to stay the same person in a sense of like having the same interests all throughout our life, you know, those things can shift and morph and transform throughout mm-hmm. our entire lives. Absolutely. I mean, that is the process of life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. And I think that right away, I'm kind of I'm anchored into my own experience and with motherhood. And mm-hmm. I am um, in a space of processing an identity shift for the very first time, like the first real profound time. And I think up until this point, I never understood the fact that our identities could change over time. And so I felt like something was wrong with me when I realized that things had shifted so drastically. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) and you're not alone. And I think with each child that happens too. Um, Mm. And it's part of this rite of passage that we're now really just starting to learn about, even though it's such a wise old tradition and it's something that was just known and taken for granted um, maybe Mm -hmm. earlier. Not taken for granted, but just understood and there was conversation around it and and space for it. But now we're just we're relearning that and the magnitude of that and to yes. be able to talk about it in a way that is not in this narrative of what's wrong with me. Why, you know, of course right. you're going to feel this way. You are 
completely rebirthed, right? And they say we're reborn as as a mother, but we're also reborn as women every time mm-hmm. we become a mother, right? Mm. Yes, so true. And it's something I hadn't understood until it actually happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So you brought up a phrase that I'm particularly attuned to in this moment, which is rite of passage. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit more about that and what that means or has meant throughout your life and your process of becoming a mother. (sighs) Well, I wish in one way when I look back that I would have had this information. So my first child, I was just 20 years old. I was okay. a single mother. And, um, and then I had my second child later as I was married at 25. And I was beginning to start to understand then something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it wasn't until I've had my third child now, much later in life, I had her at um, 36 that I really began to understand what this rite of passage thing is all about. Um, Mm. And it's really just sort of, you know, imagine yourself walking into this. I don't know why, maybe because I have a little girl right now and we're watching Frozen, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're coming up to this enchanted forest and, and you walk in and there's all of this trial and challenge and you're being asked to look at all these shadowy aspects of yourself and not only you but your parents and your lineage and it's all asking to be seen and to be looked at and there's just you come out the other side and there's just no way you can be the same after that and motherhood is that it's built it's just built right in whereas You know, men maybe typically have to go out and seek. We see the hero's journey and they're they're looking for challenge and work or adventure Mm -hmm. or something outside of themselves. And women do that too, but we do have this opportunity within motherhood that is just innate in our physiology and our biology to do that process. And it's once you're aware of what's happening, I think it really softens to some of these hard edges that we're seeing that show up in postpartum depression and, you know, maternal mental health and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like the metaphor that you gave and, you know, being at the edge of an enchanted forest and knowing that you're about to walk in and be asked all of these things and, and have to reckon with all of these new experiences. And I, I'm really just excited to see the work that you are putting out into the world over on your Instagram. You are um, at the Mavenhood. So what does that word mean to you? Why did you choose that for the community that you're starting to build over there? Yeah. So I think it came out of this space of, you know, if you look into archetypes, um, we, we have the maidenhood, right? And then mm-hmm. we have motherhood. And then later on down the line, we have, it's not anything hood, but it's the crone season of our right. life. And for me, maybe it's because I'm mothering across uh, a wide spectrum of ages. And I started very young and I've moved through these different rites of passage. And, and this isn't a requirement by any means, but I felt like there was something in between the motherhood archetype and the crone. And for me, Mm. it was like 
the maven. <laughs> it's the mavenhood. Um, and it's this part where you've moved from that, you know, the, the maiden, the curious, the vibrant. I mean, that's still part of us still, I like to think. I still access her mm-hmm. all the time, her curiosity and her fertility and her willingness to take risk. And then the mother, um, the nurturer, the holding space, this maturing. But then I feel like I want to combine that, you know, I want to combine the maiden and, and the mother and the maturing and the crone that's yet to come in this mm-hmm. maven experience where you, you've walked through rites of passage, you know, and, and you've, you've walked through the flames and you have something to say, but you're not quite there at that crone phase, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know yourself and, the parts that you don't know you're willing to sit in there and not get completely devastated by it. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what Maven, that's what Maven means to me right now and gathering and giving it a name like the Mavenhood. Like this is a phase that we're going through, especially as Mm -hmm. modern women um, who have access to so much information um, and we're given so much opportunity for personal growth and development. And we have the freedom, if we are privileged and able, to have the freedom to have the space to do the self-inquiry. And, and what comes out of that is this self-awareness and this wanting to share. And I feel like I see mavens everywhere I look right now. Mm-hmm. So what do you hope to inspire or encourage um, with the work that you're doing with the mavenhood? Well, I want to give, you know, these women, um, whether they're mothers or not, um, the opportunity to, to explore, to do their shadow work, and to come out the other side with a sense of confidence I guess that is not just around coming from experience because you're nurturing other people and you're taking care of the group like the motherhood archetype would do but that you know how to mother yourself Um, you know how to be in pleasure and and play and be curious and creative and Um, dance between your feminine and your masculine energies that are within you and within everyone and to have um, a community that understands that right and to to thrive there Mm. I mean that's the wish yes and I'm holding space for that because it's so needed you know, the community aspect I think is huge and just having the support of people who understand that you're moving through a phase, that you're processing, that you're integrating, that you are trying to understand, you know, everything that's going on and to be in solidarity with other people who are doing the same thing is so moving. It's so affirming. Um, mm-hmm. That's because, a great word. Yes. Yeah, it can feel pretty lonely and pretty isolating when we don't have that group to reflect back to us or another person to mirror to us. Um, Just like, you know, we see 
in nature, it, it reflects back to us the seasons and cycles of life all the time. If you get the four seasons, right. like, like I have over here in Ontario, um, <laughs> four very distinct seasons. And, and when we don't have that reflected to us, yeah, we, that's where we can go. I think as you were kind of mentioning before too, if it's not reflected and mirrored and, and affirmed, we can feel like there's something wrong or we're lost. And yes, you know, once we know that this is a stage that we're going through and there is an, an other side, um, then we can really be in it and, and move through the fear, right? And get into the shadow and know that there's purpose to it. Mm. So you've mentioned a word a couple times, which is shadow or shadow work. Can you talk to me a little bit more about what you mean by that and, and how you can actually do the work um, with your shadow and why you would even want to? It's mm. a great question. Um, yeah, so shadow work, I mean, there's, there's many people who talk about this and I feel like Jung, Carl Jung was probably one of the main voices around this and, um, Marion Woodman, uh, who was a student of his, but the shadow work that I do in my, in my groups or in my courses, um, is really about giving a voice. I mean, we, I feel like instinctively we know what our shadow is, right? Um, it's just a matter of whether we're w- willing to look at it. And mm. often, you know, I can kind of picture her as like this, you know, this angsty, for me, it's like this angsty, afraid, angry, you know, but she's also got this like, grit and um tell it like it is and um fierceness right so it's both and and so it's about giving that shadow a voice and a place right and to kind of dance with it because Mm -hmm. we can't just always be in the love and the light like that's not that's not the human experience the human experience is the light and the dark And so shadow work is, you know, can involve looking at your childhood, your past, your habits, your um, vices, um, Mm. your secrets, your shame, and really getting real with that so that uh, the grip is a little bit looser. And you can Mm -hmm. also access, like I was saying, some of that grit and that fierceness and that um, tell it like it is because sometimes we need that energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for explaining that and, and shedding light on the shadow, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think that that's it's just a tiny light. There's a lot to it. Light. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it can feel so scary, you know, mm-hmm. to, to come to terms with the fact that we even have a shadow just, you know, to start. Well, we're so conditioned, right? We're so conditioned yeah. that that's bad and that's wrong. Right. And, this, and that's what you hide away. And if you let somebody see that, they'll never love you. And if anybody really knew that part of you, they would never accept you. And these are the things that keep us small and scared and lonely, right? Mm. Yeah, most definitely. And allowing, you mentioned too that you... um 
you have groups and courses around that. So how did, how did you start offering those types of um, resources? Well, it came from, I mean, years and years of, of, of work and personal growth and reflection and inquiry. But I would say most recently, and these offerings um, came from something that really bubbled up inside of me this past summer. Um, Mm. My grandmother passed away. There were a few other things that, you know, felt really big. And I was sitting with my daughter outside and you know, suddenly I felt like this, this really deep desire and urge to come clean about some of my shame story. And it mm. started out as a hashtag called unshame my motherhood story. Um, mm. That's what came to me. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> like I was literally sitting under a tree and, you know, the only thing that was missing was the apple falling on yeah. my head. Um, I totally thought about that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, And so I just grabbed my phone and I did this one minute clip for my Instagram and I just said, hey, listen, I am a mother of three children and they have three different fathers. So each stage of my life, (laughs) there was three very distinct stages of my life. I can almost feel like I always joke I should write something called my life in thirds because... Mm. You know, I was a young, uh, a young woman in a in a toxic relationship. But what came out of that was my beautiful daughter, and um, she's now eighteen. And then I met my ex husband, and we were married, and we had a ten year marriage that was beautiful. And from that came my son, and he adopted my daughter, and we were, you know, a family. And then we we uncoupled, I guess, and, um, we both grew in different directions and it was, it was a very, um, loving uncoupling. Um, Mm. but we moved on and, and both moved on into other relationships eventually. And now I find myself in this, this later part of my life with my, with my daughter. And so on paper, it can sound like, oh, wow, you know, bring on the shame here, especially I come from a small, religious community. And uh, so I guess what came out of that was feeling like I needed transparency and I needed to shed light on what could have been a shame story. And I couldn't allow it to be that because these three beautiful children, these three phases of my life have been the biggest gift. So knowing that there is not just my story, but women everywhere, whether they were had children out of wedlock, whether they had an abortion or miscarriages or whether, you know, they came from an abusive um, relationship or whether they had fertility issues or they had a surrogate or, I mean, it goes on and on and on. I listed it and there was just dozens of ways that you could say um, that motherhood came out of a traditional framework and how beautiful that was. So, I started interviewing women oh, wow. and, and we started doing interviews on Instagram, Unshame My Motherhood Story, and they would tell me their stories and it was just so powerful. And, uh, and what I started to notice was what began as like an Unshame My Motherhood Story, like the motherhood story turned into 
um, a love story because there was a relationship obviously involved in this process. And sometimes it turned into the shame infiltrated into a money story or a career story or um, a sexuality story. And so I noticed this thread of shame just moving through all these different areas of life. And what I wanted to do was just like, let's unshame them all. And then mm. I created this course called Unshame My Story to sort of cover all of these aspects for women either with or without children. And uh, yeah, that's a long answer, but. <laughs> no, I'm glad you shared all of that. I, I didn't know the story. So what an amazing gift, like you said, for that course and that conversation to come out of you being brave enough to unshame your own motherhood story. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it was a long time coming. And since then, I feel like, you know, you just take this first step. <laughs> you just take yes. the first terrifying step. And then the next one comes and the next one comes and it gets easier and easier and easier. And that was last June. And now we're um, almost in March. And it's incredible how effortless it's becoming just even to share that with you now, what, you know, a few years ago would have felt like impossible, impossible to share. Right. Yeah. Each time gets a little bit easier. The burden gets a little bit lighter. That's right. And then again, coming back to this idea of community, I mean, mm -hmm. so I shared mine and then all of a sudden all of these women were either, you know, sending me private messages. They didn't want to necessarily be interviewed, but they wanted to just share it with me and, and sort of release it. Some mm. were interviewed. Um, some contributed to, you know, uh, the writing. And, you know, suddenly I realized, wow, like my, my shame story, <laughs> I'm not alone. And this is something very real. And not only that, I was meeting and talking to just brilliant, amazing women. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think a through line that I'm noticing in the work that you are pursuing right now is community and coming together to, to lift one another up. And I know as well, just from looking at your website and also seeing about um, seeing the things that you post on social media, that ceremony in community is also really important to you as well. Mm -hmm. How did that um, manifest into your offerings, the, the various ceremonies that you provide? Well, I've definitely been offering um, for years different styles of women's circles, but mm -hmm. after having my, my daughter, um, my, my youngest here, um, I started to offer something and dive into something called mother blessings. And that has been just a really, really rich experience, not only for me, but I, I hope for the women who, who uh, decide to take that route. I, I learned about it originally. I'm trying to think where I first heard about them, but I want to say Pam England's book, Birthing from Within. Okay. Um, I feel like she might have had a snippet about talking about mother blessings. And then, of course, you, you follow the thread and you want to learn yes. more and more. <laughs> and um, so it started by me wanting to have one for myself because 
obviously I was having my third child and it was much later in life. And so even though I was sort of a veteran mother, because when I was pregnant, my daughter, my oldest was 17 and my son, I think he was around 11. So I was a veteran mom in one way, or, you know, if you can call that veteran, I was established in motherhood. Right. Um, But I still felt like a new mom again after all that time. And I didn't want a um, baby shower. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I said, okay, fine. I'm going to hold a mother blessing for myself. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And I'll facilitate my own. And so, um, (laughs) right. Make it happen. (laughs) Yes. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily just reach out to my, um, friends or cousins or this or that because someone else did end up throwing me a shower against my you know oh no I had a and I was happy to do it she she was really great about it but okay for for this I um I looked to all the amazing women in my community that I admired and so I sent out this group message to you know different yoga teachers and um business owners and psychotherapists and teachers and spiritual guides and energy workers. And um, I invited them all to come. And obviously they were all mothers. And um, we just, we had this circle where, you know, I, I love rituals. So, you know, I got them to write different things and messages and we all sat around a big canvas at the end because I have Mennonite background actually. And I don't know if many listeners will know what that is or they'll picture breaking Amish or something like that. But in in rural Ontario, there's a, a, a rich, deep Mennonite culture. And my parents were and my grandparents were, but I was never born into it. Anyways, quilting um is a really big part of my lineage right so they would sit around Mm. and quilt unfortunately that hasn't um followed through with me because I have no idea how to quilt but I love art so all the women sat around a massive canvas in my living room and we we got into the paint and we just did this big group painting and it's hanging in my in my daughter's bedroom to this day and um That was the beginning. And then I started to offer them and add more things using, um, you know, different cards, goddess cards, and uh, just just different things to unite the group and really focus on the mom. So elevating and lifting her up. No, you know, horror birth stories allowed, no Mm. uh, unsolicited advice. Um, It's really about helping the mom, A, feel confident, and B, practice sharing her voice and her desires and her dreams for her her motherhood experience and like lifting that up in the highest vibration. And that can look in many different ways. Um, Yeah. That sounds so beautiful. It is a very beautiful experience, and I feel like all the moms who attend really, or all the women who attend Mothers or Not, feel that energy too when they leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I was just telling my husband last night as I was looking through your website, and I saw that you offered these um, motherhood blessings just 
like, that's exactly what I wish I would have had. <laughs> I, I had a baby shower, you know, very traditional. And it, I didn't know how to articulate what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But I tried to facilitate this kind of atmosphere at my own baby shower. Like I, I asked every mother in the room. There were some women there who had not had children before, but a lot were mothers themselves. And I wanted to know what is this like? You know, like what has your experience been like? What, you know, um, have you learned in being a mother? And that's actually kind of the genesis of what then became Young Honest Mothers because at that event, I got one of two responses or one of two like categories of responses. People would either say, oh, it's just so amazing. You know, the baby just smells so wonderful and you're just going to love it, you know? And so I'm like, okay. And then on the <laughs> other hand, the other like category of responses was like, uh, talk to me after you have the baby. I don't want to scare you. Mm. So yeah, mm. I'm not going to go there right now. And I just felt like I didn't get anything of substance about what motherhood could look like and what motherhood did look like for them and, you know, what they're able to to take from it. Yeah. And I think that's so telling. Um, it's sort mm-hmm. of just like very telling of the culture that we are in. And I feel like thankfully it is changing, but it's still very ingrained and something like a baby shower just really seems to <laughs> highlight that. Yes. Um, yeah. And it does leave a mom or a mom to be just it left in the unknown and ultimately, you know, unsupported in that, right. in that way. And, and I think the more opportunity we have to create these types of circles or conversations like your podcast, which is amazing, um, to make this more accessible and like, okay. And in fact, just welcomed and natural. Yeah. Um, yeah, then we can we can really lift our mothers up and then, you know, and turn our community up, right? Because the health of our community is so dependent on on the health of of the moms. Mm-hmm. You're so right about that. And so you also offer something called birth story medicine. So the mother blessing is something that normally takes place while pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the birth story medicine Tell me more about what that is and how you've seen it impact people's lives. So birth story medicine uh, is something, again, coming back to Pam England, it's something that she um, sort of created um, from her experience in working with mothers as as a doula and in postpartum and what was coming up a lot is these sort of undigested birth experiences. And, mm-hmm. you know, the first thing that, you know, you might think of is a traumatic birth. And that's absolutely um, a very big part of the, of the women who are, who are coming to look for birth story medicine, for example. They might mm-hmm. have had, you know, very scary experiences. They weren't their care was mishandled. And I mean, we've all heard um, these, these stories that can be just, yeah, overall very traumatic. But another aspect of it is that women who are going through the birth experience, 
So you can never really know exactly what's going to be traumatic for who, right? So what might be traumatic for one woman might seem absolutely fine for another. And so going across the spectrum from, you know, a very um, dangerous or scary or traumatic birth to just the fact that maybe um, you went through a very frightening contraction And there was nobody around in that moment. And it triggered something in you, which is you've always felt let down or abandoned by the people you love, right? And though your partner might have just been going to the washroom or running to get you water or your midwife had to go speak to, let's say, a nurse if you were in the hospital or whatever, um, you're in such a vulnerable position. And it can just imprint, right? Whether that's truth, let's say, I'm saying truth in quotation marks, right? Or not, Mm -hmm. um, how it lands might be a traumatic experience of feeling abandoned or let down or um, ignored or what have you, right? Mm -hmm. And so what the, the birth story medicine session goes through is it sort of takes you back and helps you find these moments within the birth experience not all of them as a whole but narrowing it down to one that you choose because you you know and we help you kind of choose and guide you to choose that moment and then we start to tease it apart and we also start to give the mother um, time and space to move through the various sort of archetypes and voices that are going on inside you know that the ones that we that are created in us as young children so Mm -hmm. um like we've all heard of like the victim or um the caregiver or there's all different kinds and we give that victim also time to speak because really nowadays it's all about well you need to you know heal that and move on or, you know, just be, just be glad your baby's healthy and you're healthy and that, you know, try to sort of wash over it. Um, And then this experience is left undigested and it's just moving around like a poison and it's infiltrating this mom and it can show up in, you know, postpartum depression or just like an insecurity, an intense insecurity around their ability to mother. Sometimes it can show up as, you know, like paranoia around the safety of themselves or their children can show up as anxiety or anger or, um, you know, problems with your, your partner, especially if it was revolving around them. Right. So then all they need Mm -hmm. to do is show you one more time how they're not showing up for you and, (laughs) And as we know, new motherhood is giving lots of opportunities for us to um, be vulnerable and also do our quote-unquote shadow work. Um, And so what this session does is really just give that time and space to sift through all of that. And then once that has all been able to come out and held in a safe container, then we can start to move towards the towards the healing and towards the actionable Mm. steps and towards the archetype within that has the wise information and the wise woman inside, right? Who can see the bigger picture. And we all, we all have that in us, but if we don't give that, that hurt part of us an opportunity to really be seen and really be heard, it's going to play on a loop, right? 
Um, and so the women that have come to me, you know, they move one, one woman shared something so simple as that, um, before the session, she wasn't able, she didn't have the confidence to take her child out to go to swimming lessons. And I know this sounds like it should be so small, but it was something that she really wanted to do. Mm. But she had this undigested ex- experience from her birth and it was related around, you know, maybe noticing her, her husband and her mother-in-law talking. And, and in that moment, she translated it to judgment or a, a lack of belief in her and, and her ability. And, and then it just, you can imagine the ripple effect. And after we worked through that, um, you know, that next week, I think it was, or a week or two later, she signed up and she's like, and I actually went and like, I took him to the pool and I felt like the most accomplished mom. And I felt like it was really um, available to my son and that I could do things with him. And I mean, that's just a small way, but really it was a big impact for her. Right. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing about that. This is a concept and and an offering that I just recently became aware of. And I think it was really important for you to emphasize that this kind of, what's the word, this kind of service isn't only for the people who have experienced like an overtly traumatic birth or even pregnancy or postpartum. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like you said, trauma for one person can look different from someone else. And so what we might perceive as being benign or very simple or very meaningless can be just the opposite for the person who's experiencing the birth, the pregnancy, the the postpartum. And it's helpful to have this, this container, like you said, the safe space to be able to talk about it and process it and then integrate it so that then you can move on and move forward knowing that um, you've articulated what's been kind of eating at you this whole time. Absolutely. And then not only are you looking at the piece of the birth, but Mm -hmm. because you're looking at different aspects of yourself from childhood or um, belief systems that you've long held that were negative or untrue, um, from looking at your birth, because a birth story can hold like a whole landscape, a lifetime within it, right? Um, It's asking so much of us and uncovering so much of us from our whole history that it's the perfect stage and the perfect landscape to really do not only the work of healing that birth story, but, um, you know, as we've talked about again and again, like this shadow work and an opportunity to heal and, um, and grow as a woman and as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so important. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation here because I don't think it's talked about enough. I think our society puts a lot of pressure on new moms, especially to, you know, pop that baby out, you know, maybe take a week or two, you know, mm-hmm. to just kind of recover. But even then you're still like hosting people and, you know, maybe making meals and trying to clean and all of that. And then you get right back to it. Like nothing ever happened. And it's just, you know, it's a monumental life experience, you know, giving birth and then becoming a mother and then watching your child grow up in front of your eyes. And I don't think we're given nearly enough 
opportunities to talk about how that really impacts our lives. Absolutely. I mean, that was a beautiful way of putting it. And I just hope whatever mom is listening, like if that was you, forgive yourself or love yourself or send, you know, just a a loving message to that new mom who did all of that. And if you're a mom mm-hmm. to be, um, you know, take, take these words and, and uh, bring it to your, your birth and your postpartum experience to truly just give yourself permission to rest and receive and be in the, the quiet space and mm-hmm. the baby bubble and create a bubble around you and your child and, and your partner. If, if there's a partner involved and and just hide out. (laughs) Yes. Until you feel ready. Right. Um, Right. And everyone is going to have their own timeline, but that's right. That's, it's very special. It's very special. So as we start to wrap up, I know that you happen to be writing a book (laughs) and I'm very curious. I'm not sure how much you can share here, but um, can you tell us just a little bit about the topic or the theme that you're hoping to cover in this book? Well, I was just, um, I've had some people check in on me. How's the book writing going? How's the writing going? Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, writing a book is for crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I stand by it, but no, <laughs> I say that with all the love and <laughs> Um, it's, it's been such an amazing process, but yeah, so the book has, just as I've talked about this evolution of how you change, um, Mm -hmm. this book writing process from when it began to now has definitely shifted and evolved as I get clearer and clearer around the messaging and Mm. what started as sort of a, a teaching memoir has based on the feedback from my editor, become more and more of just a a memoir that, um, yes, you'll learn from it, but it won't be so explicitly teaching you, for example. Um, And and it's around my my story, around the theme definitely of shame. So I mentioned before that I grew up in a a rural um, religious Mennonite community, um, just on the fringes because my my parents broke away when they were 18. And then um, by the time they were 20, they had me. And anyway, there's a whole there's a whole story after that. So it's their story and then my story coming out of that and really just digging into the theme of how shame can infiltrate all these different areas of your life and how once you start to unravel them, yeah, the freedom, the freedom that comes with it. So mm-hmm. it's been quite a process of, um, of vulnerability because I think up until now I was able to keep one layer between myself and my story with the teaching and keeping my teacher hat on. Right. right. Um, and now I'm being asked to, to really get, bear and get naked and like really just tell tell the truth and and tell my story in its entirety and um, of course we always have the parts that we're going to keep for ourselves and that's only for ourselves I think that's really important because it's very um, trendy to talk about 
being vulnerable and sharing your story and, and, you know, really putting yourself out there. I think there's also like a, there's a wisdom in knowing what to share, how to share it and, and what to keep for yourself. And, you know, we women are a cavern of secrets and storytelling and, uh, and I kind of like that aspect too, but, um, yeah, does that answer? I know that's kind of vague. <laughs> no, keep it vague. That just, you know, adds to the mystery of it all. So I'm definitely excited to read it once it comes out. And I do, okay, I have one other question pertaining to the book, not the topic. So you can still keep that, you know, to yourself as you're developing it. But I've always wanted to write a book, mm-hmm. but I've never, like, at this point in time, I don't have an idea for what it would be about. So I'm curious for you, like, did you know that you would always write a book about this or like, how did this topic or the theme present itself to you such that you knew, okay, yeah, this is what I'm going to be writing about. Oh, that is, yeah, that has been a, a process. And I would say that I always had this inclination that I was going to write my story at some point, but I didn't know, I didn't know how that would look or what the, the, the overall message would be because I was still in it. I was still so in that part of the story. Mm-hmm. But what has been really, really helpful is that I actually ended up joining a, um, a book proposal incubator. And what a book proposal mm-hmm. is, is really defining your, your book, your audience, you know, how you're going to get it out there. You're, you're basically trying to sell that to a publisher. And mm-hmm. I, I use someone, I'm going to just shout out to her because she was amazing. Her name's Joelle and she's out of Brooklyn. She's called the um, Brooklyn Book Doctor. And Ooh. not only, yeah, she's awesome. And not only did she take us through the process of, of book proposal writing, but it was almost like a writer boot camp because I can't tell you how many times I've sat down to start to write and you think, okay, I'm just going to start it from start to finish. And then you get right. five pages in and you're like, all right, that's all I got. And then it just <laughs> falls by the wayside. Right. Whereas this process really taught me to write in chunks, in sections, how to organize it, how to fit it in my day and make writing a part of my practice instead of thinking like I used to, like I'm going to run away to a cabin in the woods and I'm going to have all this inspiration (laughs) and quiet and solitude and like very Hemingway and then I'll write my masterpiece. And uh, it never happened, right? Because obviously I'm mothering and I have my work and I have my life. And so... Yeah, if you're if you really want to write a book, I feel like getting involved with somebody like Joelle, um, mm. who can really like almost doula the book out of you. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, I love that imagery. Yeah, yeah. Um, it helped me. It helped me a ton. And then once you start there, um, you start to build the confidence in your voice your ability to move from saying, I wish I was a writer to, I am a writer. And that has Mm. been, you know, whether my book's published yet or not, now I call myself a a writer. And, uh, and that mindset shift has been, has been everything. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm definitely going to look into Joelle and the work that she does. Please Um, do. (laughs) Because, 
it's nice to have a guide, you know, and, and that's also been a theme that's come up in the conversation that we're having, you and I right now, is just having someone to guide you or like facilitate the the experience that you're in, you know, because you're so in it right now, it's hard to see the totality of it and all the little details, but to have someone who's walked that path before, stop, slow down and show you, hey, here's how you can get started or here's how, you know, things might be a little bit easier if you were to look at it this way. That's that's everything. Absolutely. And to ask the right questions, to dig yes. deeper when you want to stop or when you want to quit or what right. you think isn't important enough. And yeah, to have a person that's willing and lovingly and compassionately, but firmly <laughs> yes. going to, to dig in there with you, um, yeah, is also really, really important. Mm. So as we come to a close, where can people stay in touch with your work? So the best way right now to find me is, is on Instagram. I am the Mavenhood. Um, and that's where I'm actually, if you're interested in, in my book and in the things that I write and the themes, that's where I'm expressing a lot of my creativity and trying out a lot of my ideas out on Instagram. And then um, my website is Mavens for Mama. Uh, I've still kept that, that, um, that name. That was my business before I rebranded to Mavenhood. Um, but it's all, it's all in there. It's, it's mavensformama.com and the Mavenhood on Instagram. And yeah, I'll be offering um, my online course again Unshame My Story mm. in, in March. I think I'm going to try to release that by um, International Women's Day. I feel like that's the, the right Excellent. time to relaunch it. Yes. So that's a six-week course. There's a lot of writing, a lot of reflecting. Um, okay. And movement and somatic practices and um, just a lot of self-inquiry into um, – following that thread and unraveling one shame story from another, from another. And yeah. I will definitely include a link in the show notes so that the listeners can find it more easily. So thank you so much, Jessica, for your time and for all of the wisdom that you shared here today on the podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the work that you're doing and the example you're setting. And I really enjoy watching you and your sweet little boy online too. And, uh, and and all all that you that you share and the gift that you're giving mothers so it's it's very appreciated as well thank you thank you and that's it for this episode of young honest mother the podcast which means it's time for you to join the conversation share your thoughts on social media and tag me at young honest mother and then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either until next time i'm your host Morris Young.